Hey, listen up. You're now entering MJ's Posh Pod. I'm your host, MJ. Follow us on the Twitter machine at MJ's Posh Pod. You can send us ideas and comments or whatever you want there. There's some ground rules. What happens here stays here. And rate and subscribe to us on the Apple Podcast app. We're not your ordinary podcast. We talk about everything. Live stories, wild ideas, animals. The list goes on and on. So if you don't find something you like, it's probably a personal problem. But we talk about those too. Now let me drive the boat. Holy shit. I'm back in the stew and it feels great. I'm here with a very special guest. My wife, Megan. She's here. Um, we're going to talk about some some good shit. Um, go ahead and introduce yourself, babe. I'm Megan. Wow, that was great. Good job. I'm really nervous. I have a very raspy voice. So stay tuned for all the greatness that's about to happen. That's just an opinion. Um but yeah, so uh, we're going to get this thing started off with a little personal anecdote, a um, little story of ours. It's kind of a tradition now, I guess you would say. Um, we go down to the lake every year for the Kentucky Derby. Um, we're in Kentucky. The Derby's a very huge part of our life. Horses in general really are. Um, but we go there, there's all sorts of little gambling things, you know, ten dollars pick a horse out of a hat um they do this really cool thing called the reverse draw five dollars you put a number on the board if your number is the last one standing you win we are um pretty good we're the champions the johnsons are big time gamblers if you the listeners did not know we really like the tvg app yeah we also like to go to the thoroughbred club with our parents and Keeneland on a case. We only go to Keeneland maybe two times a meet. If we make it into Keeneland. Sometimes we don't even make it in there. It's a struggle. So yeah, yeah. There's a lot of tailgating. Yeah. The thing about tailgating at Keeneland too is that you wake up very early and you get dressed and you get really ready. It's a big to do. And then you start drinking champagne, mimosas. The boys start drinking bourbon. Literally right after you brush your teeth. Yeah, and you just don't have time to eat, and then you are on the way to Keeneland on an Uber, and you don't eat, and then you go in, and you continually drink all day, and you don't eat until you leave, and then you're blackout drunk. You can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. Yeah. But, so, you know, back to the story, where we go to the lake for for the Kentucky Derby every year, um, and we have won some sort of you know the pot whether it's you know the ten dollar pick a horse whether it's the reverse draw or or both you know we're, we're pretty good at it somehow lucky we don't we don't win any other bets we go to play keno we fucking suck ass at keno but we love to lose all of our money to oh keno. yeah oh yeah love it but so we're down here at the lake and Doing as you do when you're around water, you drink heavily. So the first night we get down there was Friday evening. Yeah. Um, we drank. We put a pretty good dent into some Kentucky bourbon, um, and then we wake up the next day, and our friend Hody comes down, and 
we start drinking around lunchtime, probably. I'd say 10.30 a.m. because we were here of the dog in it. Yeah. We had a rough, a long night on Friday. We reconnected with some friends we haven't seen in over a year, and a lot of Old Forester was drank. Yeah, we haven't been able to go to the lake very much. We've been really busy, personally. But, um, yeah, so we, we started drinking very early. Yeah. And, you know, one thing led to another. More drinking happened. Um, we watched the Derby. Very controversial. You know, the race itself. We didn't win a fucking dime. Not a single cent. Not on our betting apps. Not on the lake gambling. No. Nothing. We came out empty fucking handed. No one in our friend group or family won. And we placed a ton of bets for my parents that day too. I think that the Johnsons and the Fielding family placed literally 60% of all the bets that day at the lake. And there were a ton of people there. I mean, we spent an ungodly amount of money. In, in the reverse draw, there was, I think, 107 numbers. So 107 tickets were purchased. I would be willing to bet, not that my betting skills are good based off of this, but at least 20 to 30 of those numbers were from the... I was going to say 50. <laughs> I mean, between I didn't pay for yours Literally at all. Every number. I'm gonna say between just mine alone, and then the numbers I bet for my parents who couldn't make it, I was thinking fifty. Well, just for my gambling rep, I only put three numbers in there. So as that. they did the reverse draw, they kept yelling Megan, Gina, or Jamie, and everyone would look at me and be like, "How many numbers did you?" place and i'd be like all the numbers so why did i not win a single dime and my parents didn't believe me either that we didn't win a single thing because they sent me off with like almost 200 dollars to place in bets yeah didn't draw the right horse um out of the the hat but i i don't know if you guys are very big into the derby or horse racing at all but this is uh the, the Olympics of Kentucky, maybe? Yeah. Is that what you're going to say? Well, I was going to go, I don't know what number derby this was, like 87th derby? No, no, it's a lot higher than that. I think it's like 198. I've got no clue, actually. We should probably Google that, but I think it's way higher than what you're saying. We're really big into it, as you can tell. (laughs) We know all the stats, but yeah, so this is the very first derby. That we've done nothing. Well, that, we haven't been to 198 derbies. Yeah, obviously. But this is the very first derby race of all time where the winning horse got kicked out and disqualified because of an objection. And this horse that won after all this was like 64 to 1 odds. I mean, it was this horse was the long shot of long shots. Nobody picked this fucking thing to, to win it. But good for him, you know, that's a great, you know, um, accolade to, to put on his belt. Um, so after we lost our money, um, naturally, you drink your sorrows away. You drown them down. Which we were very intoxicated by this point, per usual. Yeah. I think in the reverse draw, we kept chugging back beers, at least I did, because I was getting more pissed off the more numbers of ours that were getting pulled off the tab. That might have been just you. I was casually drinking. No, you were really drinking. 
you know, there was some holes in my drinks, but, um, I switched to, to bourbon probably an hour after the derby finished. And when you switch to the sauce, it, things go awry really fast, you know, uh, you, you get drunk, um, stupid ideas start coming to your head, uh, and when you're with our friend Hody, oh, is the 145th Derby. Yeah, it's confirmed. Thank you, Google. Um, but yeah, so we're drinking heavily at this point, um, and we do so for probably three hours, and it's probably 11 o'clock at night now. Um, yeah, at this point, we've been drinking for like 10 hours. Yeah, yeah, all day. 24, maybe. <laughs> it felt like it. <laughs> I'm just now feeling normal almost a week later. But, yeah. Um, somehow this idea comes into our heads. Hey, let's put a beer can on Hody's head and have Michael kick it off. Roundhouse kick it off. I don't know karate. And our friend Hody, let me explain. He is a very amazing man. He's extremely tall. Six foot five, probably. Yeah, very petite, though. Pretty slim. So tall and slim. And he is bald as well. So he's got this shiniest head, which was the best platform for our Bud Light can. Non-skid plat. we had the aluminum Bud Light can as well. With the, the tall boy. Yes. They're all, all cans are aluminum. And I think, yeah. <laughs> God bless. I think that Hody was the one who suggested that Michael, in fact, kick a beer can off of his head. Guaranteed we were not talking about karate in any form. No, I think it was just very random. And it was also 3 a.m. Oh, it was that late. Yeah, it was 3 a.m. Oh, wow. at this point. So it was way past what you were thinking. Yeah. You all had been drinking the entire handle of bourbon at this point. Hey, time starts slipping. Not slip just a few drinks, the whole the whole bourbon. Time starts a slipping. But so I have absolutely zero experience in karate and kicking. I, I never played soccer. I never kicked a football. I, I'm a baseball player. And a hockey player. I, I don't kick stuff. And he's a baseball catcher, so he's got a very thick booty. Oh, yeah, there's some ass. There's a lot of ass in the Johnson family, for sure. We yeah. both have big tatas. Oh, yeah. And we're both known for it. Yes. Everyone always says that the Johnsons have the biggest asses. Yeah, the best asses. We're like Kim Ye, you know? Yeah, kind of. Does Kanye have an ass or just Kim? I would, Kim's got enough ass for both of them. Yeah, she's had plenty of injections for that. Yeah, but we're the natural Johnson oh, We're organic as fuck. Yeah. But, yeah, so <laughs> Hody's sitting there on his knees or in a squat position, and he's still probably four foot tall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I'm six foot. That's a, that's a really high kick for me. Not even the Rockettes could do that. Yeah, I, probably not. I mean, and I'm not, I used to be very flexible, but now um, I'm not. I don't work on it. <laughs> We're going to start stretching tomorrow. Yeah, that, I need to start getting to yoga. Um, yogi Yamaste. But uh, I, I did it. I fucking did it. The first time. I was really scared to do it, and I just kind of wanted to, to fuck with Hody because that's fun. And 
I, I, I turned around and I smacked it off his head with my hand because I'm very accurate with my hands. But once I told him that, he was like, no, you got to fucking kick it off my head. So I was like, all right. I can only imagine me kicking him in his temple and knocking his ass out. I don't know how he doesn't have a black eye. Because I nailed the can. You did. I he mean, did, guys. I had no hope, but he really did it. Precision. I mean, it was like watching Jackie Chan out there. It was beautiful. Hody said 500 times in a row, Mike, if you're going to aim, aim high. Yeah. Miss, Miss High. Miss, Miss High. Yeah, that was it. Miss, Miss High. I thought of the, the Patriot movie where Mel Gibson tells his kids, you know, aim small, miss small. That's the only thing I could think about. And I thought, well, when I do this, I'm either going to hit the can or I'm going to go way over and just fall flat on my ass. And I was okay. That happened once, though, if you don't remember. Do you remember that? Vaguely. Because you never talked about the next day, but I wanted to bring it up, but I didn't. Very hazy. We were on a... My parents own a floating house, so it is not a houseboat. A lot of people don't know what a floating house is. It's a trailer floating on styrofoam. Yes. In a dock Essentially, but a nice trailer. It doesn't look like a trailer. Oh, yeah, it's very nice. Some of them do. But anywho, we're still floating on a dock. And Michael... When he did kick and fell at 3 a.m., I don't know how the entire marina did not wake up and come kill us. It's a no-wake zone. <laughs> and there was some wake. Probably some white caps. <laughs> With the Johnson booty, there was a lot of wake. I went all in. I went all, all in. All in. But, yeah, that's just a little personal anecdote of me and my wife. And, and Hody's face looks beautiful. No one got hurt in the making of this. There no. were a lot of funny videos, a lot of ass trots, as we called them all night long, when Michael would shuffle back and forth before his roundhouse kick. Yep. There's, and it was beautiful. There's footage of this on the Twitter page, um, at MJ's Posh Pod, if you want to check it out. It's very glorious. Um, I am giving lessons out now, if anybody wants to learn how to roundhouse. I got you, fam. The lake will do some weird shit to you. It fucks with the mind really heavy. Um, another derby story. We're sitting there watching the derby uh, at the marina. And we all have these little solo cups filled with bourbon. And my brother-in-law chugs his. It's probably two to three shots worth of bourbon. And he, he shoots his back like it's nothing. And he looks at me. Looks at the rest of the table, makes a little. <laughs> he grins and laughs every giggle. time, and he he immediately throws up into his solo cup. And instead of like a normal person, and throws it away, he just sets it on the table, and looks up and grins and laughs immediately, like yeah. he did right before he did it. Yeah, so we're just like, hey man, you, you gonna throw that away? And he just shakes his head, nah. No. And giggle some more. Yeah. He's so annoying. It was really funny. Um, but I had to throw that away, which... Not yeah, Michael <laughs> had to take one for the team and throw away my brother's solo cup of vomit, That's which a, is horrible for me, too. I feel so bad. It's a big one. Yeah, but thankfully, Michael loves Kevin. Um, the lake really fucks my brain up around So bedtime. bad. Uh, 
I don't know why this is or why I do it, and I don't know why, but it's only associated when I'm at the lake. I will grab a random item of food from the fridge or pantry or anywhere, and I'll take it to bed. Um, I've done this documented four times, but I think more than that, we just can't remember. But, excuse me, I've only eaten the things that I bring to bed one time that we know of. Um, Unfortunately, it was very flaky biscuits and there was biscuit flakes everywhere. The Um, flakiest of biscuits he brought to bed, like an entire Ziploc bag. And I will wake up every time we're at the lake and we stay in the um, spare bedroom and I'll wake up and on the dresser will be some kind of random food every single time, like brownies, Dana's fuck it brownies, for instance. They're called fuck it brownies because what's in those brownies? I don't know. Fuck it. Fuck it. They're so good. Who cares? Yeah. And then he'll bring cake to bed. He'll bring biscuits, sausage, bacon. Who knows what's left over in the fridge? Michael brings it to bed. Don't really care. And he doesn't. The weirdest thing, though, is this past weekend we go... And we actually stayed in the master bedroom this weekend at the house because my parents weren't down there. And so it's not just like it's a bedroom walking, like night walking thing just to that spare bedroom. He did it in the other one. And he, I wake up and there is a thing of garlic, minced garlic next to his nightstand. And... Thankfully, it was closed and not open because I cannot imagine if this motherfucker came to bed with minced garlic and opened it and just let it loose in the bed. <laughs> what the fuck was I going to do with garlic? I don't know. I mean, were you keeping vampires away or what was going on? We were either talking about vampires or maybe I had a really good recipe come hit me in my mind. And I'm not sure. It involved garlic. and I went to bed at like... 3.40 a.m. after Hody and Michael were roundhouse kicking beers off his head. Right after I was a ninja. Yeah, and I immediately went to bed. And then I wake up, and there's Michael and Hody waking me up at 6.30 a.m. So I still hate him for that. And there's Mint Scarlet next to Michael. Yeah, whoops. Um, at least I didn't open it and... That would have been so disgusting. It would have been I would stinky, never have forgotten you. Sticky. And nasty. Yeah. But it's so weird because he never does it at our house. It's only at the lake. Yeah, like I said, it, it, the lake will do some weird things to you. Some weird, weird shit. It makes people fall up hills. That's happened a few times. A very steep hill. This hill is probably close to 90 degrees. The steepest hill I've ever been up. Yeah. Um... My wife managed to fall up it instead of down it. Because thank God she didn't fall down it because she ended up in the lake. But I'm pretty clumsy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we almost drove a golf cart into the lake. Yeah. The person that was running the marina at the time thought it was a good idea to give a couple blackout 22-year-olds a yeah. golf cart. That fucking moron. Yeah. He doesn't work there anymore, not because of that, but um, kinda. I'm sure Just it kidding. Did, I'm sure it didn't Just help kidding. his cause. 
<laughs> what a moron. Somehow the co- golf cart's still in one piece, though. I know. But there's been a few golf carts that have gone off that ledge since we've been I at the lake. do not condone driving anything drunk. BT dubs? No. Bad um, idea. But don't give us keys, either. Because we yeah. might do it. <laughs> if it's a golf cart at the lake, we might do it. Yeah. So don't do it. Yeah, we were very drunk and easily persuaded into doing that. Um, but... I mean, yeah, you, the lake, you'll just do some weird stuff. Lake stuff happens, man. It does. It's weird. It's funky. Who knows what's going on? Moving on, we're going to talk about some etiquette. I know you're probably asking yourself, did MJ graduate from Cotillion School? Fuck no. Did Megan graduate from Cotillion School? Hell no. Does that change the fact that we have very strong opinions on etiquette? No. Not at all. We do. Um, so f- I guess our first etiquette that we're going to talk about is grocery store. Um, this is Michael's weakest point in life, I think, is grocery store etiquette. He's got a few flaws, and we'll start from there. His first flaw is that he calls me a hundred million times while he's at the grocery store. I'll send him for two items, and he'll call me eight times. I didn't know that was a sin to call my wife. I, It is a sin to call your wife if you're playing video games, actually, because then you act like it's the biggest crime if I call you once. But you I'm watching my times. shows. No, it's the same, same. Different. So, anyways, Michael will call me 500 times at the grocery store, and... That's whatever. The worst, though, is whenever he FaceTimes me, which is he'll call me 500 times for a 10-minute grocery store trip, if that's even possible, logistically. But then he'll also FaceTime me like 5 to 10 times during that duration. And FaceTiming someone in public is the worst thing a human could do, honestly. It's annoying, it's obnoxious, it's inconsiderate, and it's just terrible People should not FaceTime in public. You should also not put your phone on speakerphone in public unless that's your only option and your phone won't work otherwise. I do know a few people that that's their issue. But regardless, that is terrible. It's annoying and it's so obnoxious and you just shouldn't do it in public. A lot of my friends do it and I love you all to death still, a.k.a. Hody, Sometimes you just got to know where you are at the grocery store and... I don't know where something is, so I FaceTime you, show you where I'm at, and then you go, oh, you go three aisles that way. I or could tell you three aisles you, that way on the phone, though. Or you send me to get you know, a specific can of Rotel or, I don't know, a, a veggie or something, and is this a good veggie? Is this the right can? I show you. You all, it's tragic. I didn't it's know terrible. It. If you're listening, you should just really stop FaceTiming in public or speaking on speakerphone in public because everyone hates you that works in the store and that's in the store as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is my biggest pet peeve. I think it's just so annoying, obnoxious, and rude. I mean, I don't want to hear anyone else's phone call. I also think it's annoying if you're sitting in like a doctor's office and someone's on the phone for 30 minutes chatting with their best friend about all their issues while you're sitting next to them. Like, get off the phone, Linda. We're sick and tired of it, okay? For real. Michael's second 
problem he has. Or third, I guess. Phone call was one. FaceTime was two. His third issue in the grocery store is the card issue. I feel like when you're in the grocery store, it is just a known fact like driving. If you're going one way, you need to stay in the right-hand lane to the side. And if you're coming up the other aisle, you should be on the left-hand left hand side you know it's just grocery store nobody, etiquette. literally no everybody listens to it but you honey you're the only one michael goes up and down every aisle every single time he That's goes how you to find dope shit kroger anywhere which i like to do it at sam's and costco but like kroger we're there every day of our lives we get it cool but michael will leave his cart like splitting the middle of the aisle sideways to where no one can get up or through and he'll be you know turned his back next to the cart with his big old tata hanging out looking at all the frozen pizzas or ice cream and no one can move through like you gotta be i'm literally never looking at frozen pizzas or ice cream i only look at sorbet that is kind of true so there's that but you do it and he just leaves his shit out and does not give a rat's ass. Then and put so a everyone else. In every aisle. We need some cones so that you can follow them. Everyone else can follow the cones mentally in their head, but you no. just don't see them. But also, when people leave carts out in the middle of the parking lot at Kroger, yeah, what do you think up. about that? That is so fucked up. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes you 10 extra steps to put the cart back where yeah. you got it from. I mean,. If you can go to Kroger and walk in and get groceries and walk back out to your cart, you can push a cart 10 steps. Yeah. All that does is it leaves a cart out. It blocks a, a parking space. It, it sets out in the open and gets taken away by a gust of wind and then puts a dent in someone's car, scratches a car. Scratches my car to bloody hell. It makes you know extra work for the workers at at Kroger. Yeah, the poor workers. I mean, cut them some slack, man. Walk your cart to the rack. Yeah, it's so trashy. Don't be scum. Yeah. Um, but next little bit of etiquette that we're gonna cover, um, bathroom etiquette. Yeah. So. Everyone has a horror story from a public bathroom. Most of them derive from a gas station bathroom. But I've honestly not been to a pleasant public bathroom. Um, I'm a home base guy. You know, I feel most comfortable in my own element. But sometimes when you're out and about, you got to do what you got to do. And I'm going to be honest, when you go to the gas station bathroom, that's scary. I mean... There's toilet paper on the ground, at least in the men's bathroom. There's toilet paper everywhere. God knows what's in the trash can. Thankfully, most of them have lids. Um, The sinks, I mean, you don't even want to wash your hands because you get dirtier washing your hands at gas stations. Um, That's true. And heaven forbid, if you got to drop a deuce in one of these places, you better use so much TP to, to build your fucking nest that you're you're up three inches from the seat just because of the teepee. I mean, it is absolutely vile in there. And why do people feel the need to write in bathrooms? You know, I'm like that's so high school. I know, like you know, like so and so's a slut. Or that was what our bathroom said it. A Lafayette. phone number and call Sophie for a good time or whatever. <laughs> it's like, has anybody ever fucking called those numbers? Probably not. 
<laughs> why, why do you even do it? Probably, though. Yeah, there's probably some desperate people that have done it. And I would almost guarantee that they did not get a good time. No, not one at all. What, what about the women's bathroom? The women's bathroom is a different kind of bathroom. Some of the women's bathrooms, you know, you're out, you're drinking with your friends. It's like, oh, let's all go to the bathroom. We'll have a great time. You'll spend a lot of time in the bathroom. A lot of women do spend a lot of time. It's like a girl gang code. Like when you go to the bathroom, you go with one of your friends. I don't know why, but it just has always been like that. Um, but, so, you know, sometimes you need that girl power. And other times you go to the bathroom and you see random girls and you all just become best friends because you connect so much in a girl's bathroom. I've never made a friend in a bathroom. One time I connected really well with my mother-in-law in a bathroom and you all will have to go listen to episode one to hear more about that. But it was pretty interesting and it is definitely a good listen. So you should go back to that. But mostly... Me and my friends just go in there and sometimes, you know, you talk a little shit. You talk about what's going on outside at the bar or whatever, whatever's going on. Hmm. And then sometimes you're on the way to Ashland, Kentucky with your family and your husband for Thanksgiving. And you're trying to find a bathroom because you really have to pee. And you're on the way to Ashland, Kentucky where there's nothing on the way there. They call these places on the way there one horse towns. Because there's only one horse in the whole town. And no bathrooms. Not a single place to piss. No. So we finally pull over after like 15 miles of me having to pee. With nowhere in sight to go. We found a a well-named gas station. Yeah. And we go. And there's not a single bathroom but two fucking porta-potties, you all. And I cannot with porta-potties. Or just shit in general. If I smell something that smells nasty, I throw up. Yeah, you do have a weak stomach. One time, I was in my car and my friend farted. And I projectile vomited in my car because my friend farted and it It smelled that nasty. We pull over and we go to this gas station. And there is just a porta potty And my family's like, Megan, you gotta go. And I'm like, I just cannot do it. I can't do it. And Michael's like, babe, I got you. I'll talk you through it. So I go inside the porta potty and Michael's standing outside. And I'm like screaming, I'm going to vomit. I'm going to vomit. And he's like, babe, just pee. You got this. How does a business not have a bathroom? That's... I don't know. That's I think it's code that you should. I think so. I don't think porta potties are like okay. I don't think they're considered actual bathrooms. I don't know in like bumfuck Kentucky, though, if there is code. Probably, Probably not. not. That's yeah. why we had the porta potties. There's a lot of odd things you find out there yeah i would rather shit in the woods than have to go in the porta potties and wipe with a leaf yeah hmm. same with uk bathrooms at you know tailgates and stuff you've been known to take a leak in between a couple cars you gotta do what you gotta do i guess so <laughs> i just don't do porta potties babe <laughs> and now our final segment we're gonna talk about george aka G-Baby, our cat. It's our transgender kitty. When we first got Kitty, um, we went out to this place. It was a very rural part of Kentucky. Um, this place was like a zoo. Uh, they had birds. They had hundreds of birds. They monkeys. Monkeys. They had, I mean, exotic animals out the yin-yang. 
Um, it was so weird and interesting. Yeah, it was and weird I kind of cool. wanted to be there and live there. Yeah, it was, it was actually kind of dope. But yeah, weird. Mostly weird. Yeah. Um, but they they had these cats. I guess their their cat. Banged. Their ragdoll banged the next door neighbor's half ragdoll. Oh, okay, that's what making it was. George three fourths a ragdoll. Ah, I'm glad. If you will, that. yeah, that's a. That's a guesstimate. It's a rough <laughs> estimate. We haven't 23 and meet him yet, but that's what we think. But we might. Yeah, we probably should. <laughs> but uh, so we get Kitty, uh, and you know you do as you naturally do when you get it, you know whatever gender animal it is you deck them out in ginger specific gear so we got pink diamond studded collars purple studded collars we were told that kitty was a boy or a girl a girl by four vets yeah four vets and the owners you know as she was a little kitten yeah getting rounds of shots and whatever you have to do to you know little young baby cats yeah and she was just a little white fur ball long haired cute as fuck had bright blue eyes. She was just a precious little gem back in her days. Yeah. Her glory days yeah. when she was a female. So it's time for her to get spayed. We take her um, and drop her off. When we go to pick her up, we're looking at this piece of paper. And the first thing we see is in big, bold, handwritten letters. Congrats. It's a boy. I shit my pants, you all. I ran up to the workers, and I'm like, you all gave me the wrong packet. This is not correct. I've been to four to six different vets, and they have told me that this cat is a girl. You all have got the wrong cat. I was like, you all have the wrong cat. You fucked up the paperwork. This is not correct. And they were like, ma'am, it happens every single day. Someone drops off a Mrs. Sprinkles, and she leaves a Mr. Sprinkle. And I'm like, no, you all have the wrong cat. They're like, no, ma'am, your cat is, in fact, a boy. And I was devastated. I mean, at this point, the cat was... About a year. No, eight or nine months old. Close. And his his entire life, he was raised as a female. Yeah. But, I mean, it was kind of a curse or a blessing in disguise because we called him Kitty. We can never think of a good female name for a cat. No. So he was just called Kitty, and yeah. that was it. Or bad parents. And then whenever I found out he was a male, I instantly thought of my favorite movie, which is My Best Friend's Wedding. And you've got Gay George, the gay best friend. And I'm like, my cat is gay for sure because he's been wearing pink this whole time, which doesn't make you gay. But I just, anyways, thought of him as that. And he's been George ever since. And he is my typical gay best friend. But George loves men. So he's definitely... He definitely favors men. Yeah, he's on that spectrum. You know, which I, again, I love gay people. But he definitely loves men. He's gay for sure. He only snuggles men. Yes. He thinks he's a dog. I mean, he rubs his face to my husband. And tries to make out with him all night long. Yeah, he'll pant like a dog. He'll, he drools on him. He eats beef jerky. He yeah. eats enchiladas. Yeah, he's a Mexican gay cat. He's got a lot of, of men tendencies, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, he does. Beef jerky and enchiladas. That's a Megan tendency, too. So, I mean, am I a man or we're not really sure over here? But 
The no. cat is for sure our gay best friend, and he's the greatest little thing that ever happened to yeah, us. Yeah, he's super cool. Yeah, um, but I, he's not a real cat. He's a dog. Yeah, I mean, sometimes he's a cat. He used to hate toys and just not play with them. He'd rather play with a plastic bag or a piece of cellophane. And we had a, this little, like, mouse with sparkles on it when we first got him. And he's now, what, four years old? No, he's six. 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 Yikes. Six years old. My time Maybe seven, okay. actually. Wow. Um, <laughs> whoops. Honey, you're way off there. <laughs> time flies, man. It does. But he's just now starting to play with this possibly seven-year-old toy, toy. mouse. And we're... Sh- not sure how it made it to this house because we've moved a lot since we bought this toy, I'm and I've never seen that it. we've held on to it. I think it's probably tied up in some dirty laundry. Who knows? We've lost so many important items, but not this fucking little rat toy. Little sequined two-inch mouse. rat, sequined rat is what we kept. Yeah, it's insane. Another story. P.S. to my parents, if you're listening to this podcast right now, we told you that we got George when he was about a year old, but in fact. We got him when he was only six weeks old. So, surprise, bitches. We lied to you all for a long, long time. My parents told me whenever I was in college that they would pay my bills if I got a 3.5 and above. My only thing was that I couldn't have any animals. So, we got our golden retriever because my boyfriend at the time, his mother, yeah, now husband, his mother bred her dog with my brother's best friend's golden and they got 10 puppies and we kept one. And then I wanted a pet of my own, and my parents told me no. So I just bought this cat and didn't tell him I had it. So, by the way, we had George, your grand cat, for about a year before we told you. Sorry. Oops. I don't give a damn. (laughs) But yeah, George is awesome. He definitely lives a flashy lifestyle. He's camp. He was Met Gala's theme this year. Camp. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. But. You're not in pop culture. No. Definitely not. You gotta learn what camp is if you're gonna do a podcast. Camp. Did they talk about that in Geneva's convention? It's not camp camp. It's not like going camping like a tent. Camp is like gay drag. Like exaggerated over the top. Oh. That's why, like, Kim K's little waist was slimmed down. They had her in this corset, and they did a, like, Vogue video of it. Uh-huh. And they tied it so tight, like, she couldn't breathe for, like, four hours or pee because that's how they made her waist so small with this corset. But camp is, like, a drag term, I think. Like, over the edge, exaggerated, over the top. Yeah, I was lost before you started that little tangent, and I only got more lost after that, so. Do you know what the Met Gala is? No. Okay. No clue. We'll cut that part out. That's fine. Um, But yeah, George is awesome. That's just a little tidbit on him. It's a very unique story. I don't think many cat people go through that. It's not as common as they they say. Um, But that's going to conclude S1E4. Hope you guys enjoyed the new production at the beginning. I hope you all enjoyed... My life. I had the a great raspy time. raspy guest star. <laughs> no, but um, I hope, like I said, I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, she'll be back soon, like it or not. Other than that, 
We out of here. Peace.